0: medians trying to analyse a joke.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it doesn't. It's and funny. it's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> why does the chicken cross the road? and Why is that funny? <laughs> exactly what
0: that's. That's exactly what these people do. Like, oh, that. there's a premise, there's a setup, and what you have is your contrast. You have a rule of threes, and think, like, oh my god. <laughs> All right, what, what are
1: we going to Hey there, welcome to another episode of Espresso and Earl Grey, where bright thinking meets leisure brewing. I'm Sam, and with me is another Sam, Dr. Sam Chan, We're two Sams brewing about life's questions, seeing the world through different eyes, and connecting ideas with everyday life. On this podcast we'll be talking about friendship Especially friendship in an isolated period And what makes a good friend So grab yourself a cup of espresso or Earl Grey And join us for a cover In, in this COVID season Or in the last month at least I think a lot of us has, have been feeling lonely and um, have been feeling alone, and subsequently feeling lonely. Is there a difference, you reckon, between feeling alone and being lonely?
0: Oh, totally. So, full disclosure, I am a massive introvert. I'm what's called a loud introvert. Yes, yeah. I'm loud, yes, I tell jokes at party, yeah. yes, I entertain you at a dinner table, but I love alone time, and alone time refreshes, recharges, restores me and there's COVID isolation. There are many things I've loved about it. I've had long periods at my desk just reading. I love reading, but there's a difference. And the difference they say is this. There's a difference between compulsory isolation and voluntary isolation. So as introverts, we all look for voluntary isolation. Please, can I find some time to sit at a desk or in a chair and just read a book or do a crossword by myself? But what COVID has done is imposed compulsory isolation. So there have been moments where I thought, you know what? I'll just, I, I would love to have, go to the pub right now with Darren and have a drink. Oh, I can't do that. Mm. Oh, I would love to go to the football right now with Ian. Oh, I can't do that. I would love to go to the movies right now. Oh, I can't do that. And I mm. think that's where you feel you're alone. And, and then here's the thing. Zoom does not work. I've read so many articles mm. on why Zoom doesn't work. I don't yeah. need to read those articles. But well, why doesn't it work? Because you lose the spontaneity. Yeah. It, it it becomes like you're playing a board game. Your yeah. turn. My turn. Your turn. My turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas that's not how conversations no, or relationships no. work.
1: And you're kind of like with, with the extra lag in there. You're trying to figure out whether or not the, the, the facial... Um uh, what do you call it? the, the facial cues are happening. And yeah, where's my
0: tone? Yeah. So now we have this ridiculous thing where we all talk at once, so we've got to stop talking. Your yeah. tone. my tone. Yeah, no, yeah, I think yeah. we talk about once. Yeah. And then you have to raise a hand to talk. <laughs> We're like primary schoolers yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. not how yeah. friendships work.
1: Yeah.
0: How do friendships truly work? There's this magic formula you can try to force it. So this would happen all the time when I was at Bible college in America. You'd meet another Australian, and you think you'll hit it off, but you don't. But you hit meet another Australian. Hey, you're Australian. I'm Australian. Look at us. We're both in America. And you hit it off with this Australian, but neither one. So it's almost like it's not just that you've got to have things in common, but there's a magic secret sauce that you can't put your finger on. Mm-hmm. And they, they say there's certain things that help. Frequent incidental contact so the incident stops being frequent it's hard to maintain a relationship you can become a distant contact yes you can catch up every now and then and it has to be effortless and incidental so the to say hey let's catch up every saturday afternoon for drinks that's not a friendship anymore that's a duty that's a tradition that's a roster yeah and that that's part of so yeah, so, so
1: core to a friendship is that kind of spontaneity, that, that desire. I, I think someone once said, um, you're my friend because you are mine. Um, there's that kind of, there's that, that desire of wanting the other person more. But sometimes, you know, um, when we have too much of a good thing, it doesn't become a good thing it's that it's that sometimes the rule never travel with your best friend or never have your best friend as a
0: housemate mm. yeah because here's another thing of the secret source of friendship friendships are voluntary you opt in whereas relatives are involuntary mm. you have to opt out and that's the difference between christmas day and Boxing Day, because Christmas Day is compulsory, it's involuntary. On that day, you have to be relatives, uncles, aunties, cousins, who you've got nothing in common with, and you're, let's face it, you're not friends with them, right? Uh, but Boxing Day is the day you get to choose who to hang out with, so friendships are voluntary. But once you become housemates, or you travel together, suddenly stops being voluntary, it's involuntary. For the next three weeks while we're traveling Europe, we are mandatory, Compulsory travel companions. So there's something voluntary mm. that's necessary for their sense of friendship. Yeah. So in
1: this COVID period, it's brought a strain to our social capital, uh, our our social networks. It's brought a strain to our families and the and our housemates. Because I'm a little bit sick of seeing my housemate every single day. Sorry, Luke um so how do we relate healthily in in this period
0: well this is where the sad truth is men are way less equipped than women Mm. so men at this moment we suddenly realize how lonely we really really are i remember five years ago when i was seeing a counselor she said to me like do you have any friends in your life you can share this with and i said that thought you know what I've got zero. Like, I've got things where we have acquaintances or we share activities and interests, but no one we can share what's deepest. Whereas mm-hmm. women, somehow through whatever, they, they, they spend a lot of time sharing their feelings mm-hmm. and what's deepest and true. Men do things together. Women share things conversationally mm-hmm. together. So the covert crisis has exposed just how bankrupt many of us when it yeah. comes to friendships.
1: And being an Australian, Asian-Australian, yeah. is there are there... Any kind of, being an Asian Australian, what's the word I'm trying to look for? Good and
0: bad. Uh, Advantage, disadvantage.
1: Being an Asian Australian, are there any advantage or disadvantages to friendships?
0: Well, I go to an Asian Australian church, so a lot of my circles are from the Asian Australian what I've noticed is most almost all my Asian Australian friends we've got nothing in common I love rugby they don't like rugby I ski they don't ski I surf they don't surf They they love cars I don't love cars we have nothing in common but this where it shows that but the one thing we do have in common is we have the same faith yeah, We worship the same God. Yeah. So we've been able to stay in touch on a weekly basis where we check in on each other. And this is where Christianity has an advantage over other social groups. Often with Christian groups, there's a ritual. There's a formula to meeting. Mm. Uh, how are you going? How can we pray for you? I will pray for you now. Mm. How are you going? How can we pray for you? We will pray for you now and so it actually works over ritualized zoom yeah, meetings yeah. so my asian australian friendships have survived quite well yeah. during this time what i've noticed is my anglo friendships are the ones that are struggling because a lot of them were united over common interests you know football surfing mm. sports and those things have been taken mm. away and we do the occasional zoom meeting and it goes okay but this way i suddenly realize out oh, I have this saying now: friendships survive not because of Zoom, but despite Zoom. <laughs> you had to have something there before the yeah, crisis. Yeah, like yeah, you yeah. cannot manufacture a friendship now.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it seems you're, you're you're picking up two really good points. It seems for for Asians, birds of a feather flock together. Um, but the other thing as well is, um, even though, even though ritual and, you know, set things don't work because in a way they go against spontaneity. In this time of distance they are what that they are the things that hold friendships together. Tell us a little bit more about that. It seems paradoxical.
0: That's right. So we always need something organic and something inorganic. Yeah. We need something spontaneous, but at the same time we need something ritual. Yeah, they are yeah. finding that Zoom happy hours Do not work. Yeah. Because normally when you go to a pub, you go in a group of 10 or 20. Bit by bit, you become a group of two or three. And then you move around. The conversations are spontaneous. With Zoom, you're stuck in a room of 20 people. And it's Kirk Patston who shared this wisdom with me. They say, if you're a pair of people talking, now you can share quite intimate things. But if you're a group of 20 people talking, now you have to abstract the conversation so all 20 people feel involved. So nothing meaningful or personal is actually shared. And so, again, this is where structure allows us because this is what we do when we check in with each other in our small groups in my Chinese church. We just simply ask each other, your turn to talk, and I'm going to ask you these questions now. What's making you happy? What's making you sad? What's something about your week... I don't know, and how can I pray for you? Just those four ritualized, formulate questions can launch a person off for five minutes, and then we take turns. So we, that's something that's 90 minutes gone. And it's very deep, very meaningful, but it, it needed a ritual. And I think what it shows is with friendships, there's a lot of fluff, right? Mm. A lot of unnecessary stuff but when it comes down to it we just want someone who will listen to us Mm, and that's mm. what the ritual allows it's permission it's a space to be heard here just give me five minutes where i can just be vulnerable and personal
1: yeah 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 and it's it's hard to I, i think it's hard to develop these vulnerabilities now to to pick up new friends to develop these vulnerabilities and so i guess that's why it's it's harder for people now who don't have never had friends or have didn't have friends to pick up new friends because that vulnerability is harder to access via virtual virtual reality
0: yeah and there has to be a cost of friendship that in the end that's what it is this is what a friendship is i'm voluntarily opting into your life so at any moment this is going to hurt me. This is going to cost me. Because if you say suffer a loss, like loss of a child, I'm going to suffer that same loss. Mm -hmm. I'm going to mourn with you. Whereas if you're not my friend, okay, that's a tragedy, but I'm not emotionally invested in you. So just to share an analogy, I lived in the United States for five years. I come back to Australia, and suddenly the NRL, the National Rugby League, was meaningless to me. I did not care who won or lost. They were just coloured jerseys running into each other. And so every year I said to myself, I've got to pick a team. This year, how about I try the West Tigers? They'll be my team. And I found out they meant nothing to me. Mm. When they lost, lost, I didn't mourn. When they won, I wasn't happy. It did nothing for my emotions because I wasn't emotionally invested. So that's what a friendship is. Am I prepared to be emotionally invested Beyond, okay, if you ask to borrow milk, I'll give you milk. Beyond, you need to move house, I'll help you move house. It's when you suffer pain or tragedy, will I suffer the same pain or tragedy?
1: And I guess when friendships fail, or sorry, maybe not when friendships fail, when, when friends fail us, that's when it hurts even more, doesn't it? When navigating friendships is even more difficult because it's... There's, you're already giving something to them, and when they don't reciprocate, or when they cut us out, or when when they fail us, it seems like what I've given to them is unappreciated.
0: Yeah, it feels like a betrayal, doesn't betrayal?
1: It? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do how do you walk through that as a Christian in terms of
0: yeah that. Well, family systems theory is amazing. The more I navigate the world of family systems theory, they have so much wisdom. In them, we're all in relationships. All in relationships, uh, between, even just, it's just what level of relationship. But in a relationship, we're all either under functioning, like not doing enough, or over functioning, doing too much and expecting too much. So yeah. sometimes I've got to be wise. Yeah. Like, what sort of relationship is yeah. this? If it's just so me so and a us- roommate.
1: Yeah, yeah, just just back to under-functioning, over-functioning. So is under-functioning like, oh, you um, know, in, a, in a, my relationship with my housemate, I'm not doing any of the dishes. Uh, I'm not asking him to, hey, let's go on a walk. I'm not reciprocating anything. And over-functioning would be like, oh, can we hang out 24-7? I'm watching a
0: movie. Come
1: with me. Is that is that the right thing?
0: I think so. Yeah. And that's what makes it so difficult, that these are unwritten social contracts. Mm-hmm. Like There will be explicit written social contracts, like how are we going to share the rent? How are we going to share the Wi-Fi bill? But these unwritten ones, like, so... Yeah. If I went to the pub and I didn't invite you... Are you feeling hurt cuz yeah, I didn't fight yeah, you or are you relieved I yeah, didn't invite yeah, you. Yeah. So you just going to navigate this.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so how, how do you uh, when when friends fail you as a Christian and thinking through expectations, what's the way forward?
0: Well, at first I got to say, was I invested? Like was this like did I see something in this friendship that wasn't there for the other person? Like I Uh, They they were suddenly I had no idea you were so emotionally invested in this relationship. I thought we were just sharing um, child drop-off duties or something. Or or we were sharing football on the sideline, cheering the team on duties. I had no idea you saw this as a friendship. So I think that's the first thing. Uh, But the second thing, if the friendship really was there, this is where all that peacemaking stuff comes in. So we need that Goldilocks peacemaking position in the middle. Am I peace breaking? Am I peace faking or my peace making? So reconciliation says at some stage you have got to have a meeting with this person face to face. You can't talk behind the back. You can't talk to someone else. You got to lay it all out. Hey, I, this is how I see it. This is how I think I've contributed to it. Mm. This is how I think you've contributed to the breakup. Uh... Now you talk, you tell me. Yeah, and yeah. for men, this is where we find it so hard to have these face to face meetings.
1: Mm, yeah. And I, I remember doing f- peacemaking, that peacemaking course, and uh, them saying it was really revolutionary because they said that conflict is always an opportunity. Um, whereas I've often thought conflict, I'm, I'm conflict averse. So I'm going to go, no, 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 no. Conflict is never an opportunity. I'm going to avoid conflict.
0: That's right. And that's why you have the scenario you said where two friends go traveling to Europe for three weeks and then come back never talking to each other (laughs) ever again. And I say because suddenly they got thrown together where they were under the microscope where every minute they had to make a decision. Like, are we going to catch a train or bus? Are we going to watch a movie today or are we going to eat at a restaurant? Are we going to have the baguettes or are we going to have the steak? And Are we going to go to a museum or are we going to go to a fun part? So suddenly you have to do conflict resolution every minute, every hour, every day. And maybe many friendships have managed to navigate without coming to those conflict moments. But suddenly when you travel, buddy, you too have to work yeah. out how to resolve conflicts. Yeah,
1: yeah. So it's not a matter of not, it's not, in those moments, it's not a matter of those two people not being compatible, but it's a matter of those two people not understanding or dealing with conflict well.
0: That's right. um, Failure of communication is the big one. So unmatched unspoken expectations so when you went to europe what were you hoping to do maybe people haven't even communicated one person said will say i was hoping to see museums well i was hoping just to walk around parks yeah so yeah. uncommunicated unmet met expectations
1: as an asian australian conflict resolution um you know as, as asians we're conflict adverse sometimes we're a little bit emotionally stunted, I might say, as Asian-Australian men, um, how do we navigate well friendships and conflict? What are some disadvantages and what are some ways forward?
0: The Asian culture is the best one to use for this because Asians are so poor at communication like that like we all have a silent, loving asian dad who never says anything but at the same time they're the ones who, meant, who invented martial arts like karate and kung fu. <laughs> so they know, know how to fight to the death that's a definite of martial <laughs> art you're actually meant to kill the other person so we only know fight or flight but never the shades of gray in between and really the shades of gray in between are communication uh, name and claim your feelings what are you feeling right now? Like, like, how are you feeling? And so Asians are emotionally illiterate. We actually don't know how to name the feeling. What are you feeling right I don't know. Like, we, we actually don't have the vocabulary yeah. or the canvas to explain so But that's the very first step. Can you actually just name your feeling? And so we have to teach our children this. Otherwise, they're in fight or flight, mm-hmm. rage or withdrawal. And we just say, okay, just say what you're feeling. And they might say, I'm feeling afraid. I'm feeling surprised. Good. Now, let's say, what does that feel like? Well, my stomach feels like this. My head feels like this. My hands feel like this. All right, why do you think you're feeling this? Um, and then and just, so get people a name, describe, and explain emotions. I think would be the very first thing. Mm, mm,
1: mm. And so as a Christian, how do you see friendship in your life? Um, how do you engage with friendship that's different perhaps to other people who may not be Christians?
0: Well, on the one hand, just saying even Jesus had to have an inner circle of friends. So being realistic, I can't be best friends with 150 people. I can be friends or acquaintances with about 20 or 30 people. But really, there had to be three to five people in my life that I'm very private, personal, vulnerable with. Uh, secondly, Jesus says... I'm your friend. So I think, okay, how is Jesus a friend? Mm. And he does it by emotionally investing himself in his inner circle of friends. And in the end, as we know, he says, I gave my life up for you. So in the end, friendship is not self-serving. It's sacrificial. Mm. When push comes to shove, you know what? You wanted to go to the museum. I wanted to go walk around the park. I, But you know what? I might. I'm. Ha- I will happily sacrifice what I want j- just for for the sake of the friendship.
1: Yeah, yeah, and um, sacrifice is a is a deep one as well, especially when friends have betrayed you, and it is a sacrifice to forgive, even as a Christian, isn't it? There's so many times where um, friendships are broken because, even though someone has asked for forgiveness we're unwilling to make the sacrifice to receive that and to let go of the
0: hurt yeah so forgiveness comes at a price meaning you have to take it on yourself so am i prepared to be hurt and and swallow that hurt for the sake of the friendship so sam
1: what's the one thing Well, let's summarise everything up together. What's, as we're brewing and thinking about friendship in this post-COVID, in this COVID season, we're entering slowly back into normalised world. What's one thing we need to think through and process through and act on as we Head back into a normal, well, uh, beginning to be normalised society.
0: Well, pre-COVID, studies show 60 to 80% of Australians said they were lonely and they had no go-to set of friends. So maybe the loving thing we can do post-COVID is reach out and see if we can become friends to one or two extra people in our lives. Great. Thanks, Sam.
1: And this has been Espresso and Earl Grey with The Two Sams, where bright thinking meets leisured brewing. We've just been talking about friendship in our COVID period. If you like us, please subscribe. And we're on iTunes and Spotify. So we're looking forward to our next cuppa with you.